You're listening to the Plant Remedy Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Ruskis, also known as Chef Bay. I'm a professional chef and a plant-powered healer here to bring you all the juicy details on cuisine, food, holistic healing, and everything in between so that you can find your very own remedy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Plant Remedy Podcast. We appreciate you coming in and listening for the ninth episode so far. Can't believe it's already been nine weeks, but here we are. I know. And this is your host, Stephen Berquist. I am Chef Bailey's fiance, and <laughs> I am here to put you, Chef Bay, in the hot seat. Wow. So I'm nervous. Welcome. <laughs> How's your day going? How's it going today? It's going so good. It's pouring rain here. So we're kind of just like locked inside. Coco's super pissed. She hates the water. When her paws get wet, she acts like this little princess. So that's been interesting trying to get her to go out to pee. But it's good. A little lazy, rainy day at home. Oh, she hates it. She hates it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. She's like, when we're walking, if there's a puddle, she'll do anything she can to, like, go around it. It's pretty funny. Yeah. We we woke up today, and it was pouring rain out, so we decided to bunker down, and I decided to switch things up, and I was like, you know, why don't I be the the host today? Yeah, totally. All right. So, to get things started, Mm -hmm. I wanted to just get a little uh, idea of you know you always talk about being healthy and and helping everyone and yeah and reaching out and I just sometimes like my question that I think of is like what keeps you going you know what's your motivation that sometimes I feel like I just want to like throw my hands up in the air and be like I I, I can't do this anymore you know yeah everything's kind of screwed and but what ki- what gives you the motivation to keep going every day that's a good question. Um, and by the way, I have no idea what he's going to ask me. <laughs> so this is, we're just going with the flow here. Um, what keeps me going every day on a professional level is just knowing how, what I do and what I practice and what I talk about, how much it's helped me like personally and how much it's helped like my my own path and my own pain and like everything that I've been through and knowing that there are millions and millions of other people that are experiencing the exact same thing and knowing that like there's help and there is choice for them and that's what keeps me going like on a professional level and like even on that professional level it keeps me going personally like it keeps me always striving for the best resources it keeps me humble keeps me always like willing to learn willing to go out of my comfort zone, willing to heal myself on deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper levels so that I can uncode those levels for myself so then I can give that knowledge to somebody else. Um, And then on a personal level, you honestly keep me going. And Coco, who's chewing on the table right now. (laughs) Um, But you keep me going. Like, I, I, you know, I have such intense moments of self-doubt, like, nobody's gonna listen to what I have to say that well everyone I'm, everyone has these automatic negative thoughts right That's you're okay. like inner critic of course but yeah. it, sometimes they are very debilitating for me I'm very like self self-judgmental I critique myself to an extreme um, and you know it's hard to make a living 
off of helping people. Like it's very hard to, for me to psychologically be like, okay, pay me money. I just want to help you. But it's like, yeah, I have to make a living somehow. So I'm trying to like, you know, balance my community outreach with the fact that like I do need to like eat and have a lifestyle and do all these things. And like, where is the middle ground between that? Like the value of my work and the availability to have value and give back to the community. And you help me so much. Like being in a relationship where I'm allowed to just like fall apart, you know, and to just like let it all out. Cause sometimes I will, I'll keep it in and I'll have this doubt. We'll just build like the other day. <laughs> I'll just build and build and build and build. And he'll be like, what's going on? You know, like you're being so weird right now, you know, tell me everything. Tell me everything. What's going yeah, on? Yeah. And he'll drill it. Like, come on, let it out, let it out, let it out. And then eventually I'll just let it out. I'll cry it out, whatever I have to do. And then after that, I'm like, okay, like, wow, that was great. And I know a lot of relationships aren't supportive in that way. Yeah. So, um, and I've been in relationships that aren't supportive in that way. And so it's really refreshing and nice to be with you and to be able to just like let go, you yeah. know, and that like really keeps me going. So you would say like also too that I help influence you. I help influence <laughs> you to keep going and to give yeah. you ideas yeah. and to push yourself. And mm-hmm. I know I was like thinking about, I was like, what resources do you take that make you do what you do? You know, how, how have you gotten to where you have now? Mm-hmm. By the by, How did you get there? What resources? Um, <clears throat> and, well, and maybe also not just places and things you read but people you know like who's helped me to get to where I am yeah I would say that like first and foremost like my parents like my parents were always super super down for like me to become a chef like I said I wanted to become a chef and my parents were like go (laughs) like do it and I was also like kind of a delinquent so they knew it was like the perfect thing for me because I was like so sporadic that just like getting my hands dirty and cooking food always made sense. I always was cooking. And so my parents were super supportive in that. Your parents are very supportive. Super. And they like push me. And I mean, my mom's a small business coach and my dad's a New Yorker. So like they are pushers. Between the two of them. Yeah, they are pushers. When we we first met, they were just pushing you so hard. And I was like, no, it's, it's interesting. It's like two ways of, of growing up. You know, I feel like my mom, she pushed us, but at the same time, she just allowed, gave us room to grow and let us kind of make our own mistakes and learn from our own mistakes. Well, I think your mom was very much like you guys had such a different like type of childhood than we did where it was just your mom. And so it was more just like as long as I feel like for you, as long as everyone's safe and not in the hospital, not arrested <laughs> and like graduating school, like everyone's good, everyone's you know? Good. Yeah. And yeah. my parents were more like like pushing me to do and to a point where like we didn't like each other for a long time when I was in my early 20s because I was like you guys are too much but now I'm like super supportive even in this you know now journey that I'm on with like being vegan it's Um, a good balance between the two it's a good balance yeah and my aunts they my parents haven't eaten meat in a year and that's like how supportive they are and that's how much they trust me and believe in like everything that I'm saying so what was your original question (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it was just what are your well, resources that help oh, the people you that help and me the so people that have gone so yeah and me and my are. mom talk like every single day so that's like super super helpful and then other than that like I don't know there's just so many different people that I'm like meeting all the time now ever since I've just like owned owned this lifestyle and owned all of these things and really just like 
taken responsibility for my own pain, my own trauma, my own bullshit. I've been able to like open my life up to so many people, including you. Like we do so much self-education together. We like watch documentaries together. We do everything. And you know, just like all these different podcasts that I listen to and just this like local San Diego community that we've like built has been really helpful. Um, it's been nice. Like Kelly, the guest that I had episode two or something, two or three. Um, she, she's been like a great resource for me. And like, I've met a lot of people through her and it's just been nice to meet people with the same ideas, with the same ideas, because for a long time, the only way that I knew how to meet people was essentially through the party scene or like at work or wherever. And, you know, being a small business owner too, and like being in business for yourself, like you're alone all the time. You're working alone. It's very lonely. You're like constantly in your own head. You're just trying to put yourself out there, produce. And like, this is the first time where I truly feel like I'm making like amazing connections. And I feel like that's why I'm able to grow in the way that I'm growing right now. What advice would you give to people that don't have a supportive parents or, or significant other, or Mm -hmm. they're just kind of on the, on their own? Um, that's a good question. I feel like I've, I've been there, you know, like my parents always haven't supported me. I think we've had like an intense evolution. Um, and I always haven't had a supportive significant other either. You know, I've been in really traumatic relationships and, and volatile relationships too. And I think that if you stay true to yourself and just keep pushing and really just like go inward, you know, I think it's really easy to let like loneliness take over. It's really easy to let outside influences and resources take over. But if you like go within yourself and like know what is true, then eventually you're going to be able to attract the right people into your life. And, you know, when it comes to family and like spouses and things like that, like especially family, like you can't choose your family, right? Like your family just kind of is there. But in a sense, you have so much choice when it comes to who you want to be your family, right? They don't have to be your blood family, but you can create like even, even through yoga, like we've met so many people through yoga and just being open and looking people in the eye and like not being looking on your phone in public, like just being vulnerable and and, like looking people in the eye. I like that. Yeah. That's one thing that my mom drilled into my brain Yeah, is that when you talk to someone, you look at them in the eye, which is a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. You know, sometimes we feel, we feel whatever, we we can feel a hundred million things. Yeah. And, and a lot of them sometimes makes us want to just crawl Close. in, closed, yeah. crawl into ourselves. Yeah. And, and social anxiety is a real thing. Anxiety is a real totally. thing. Depression is a real thing. But the thing that's going to get you out of social anxiety is forcing yourself to be uncomfortable, to yeah. get comfortable with being uncomfortable, to to talk to someone and maybe it doesn't go anywhere. But like even Kelly, for instance, like she taught a class and like was like, I just moved to San Diego, blah, blah, blah. And like I was at at a period where I was having a lot of social anxiety and I was like, just go. And I really wanted to make some new friends that were outside of like, you know, the bar scene because I was bartending at the time. And I just walked up to her and I was like, hey, do you want to be my friend? And like, I can't, I was like, am I 12 right now? Like in the schoolyard? But I said that I was like, you just moved here. Like I'm looking for some new friends. Like... I moved here not too long ago too and she was like oh my god yes and now she's like one of my closest friends here in san diego and 
So, so it's yeah. like reaching out is like a healthy habit. Super healthy. And, you know, it's not always going to go anywhere. Maybe you're going to talk to someone and you'll be like, well, this person is nuts. But like at least you've tried. And I yeah. think that's like. I think where a lot of us kind of get tripped up because we don't even try. Right. And you know? our, our cell phones and social media is such a trick. It's like such a trickery to think that you're communicating with people, that you're connecting with people when in reality, like you're hiding behind a screen, you know, you don't yeah. get to really know who someone is through the phone. And the less time we spend on our screens and the more time we spend looking up, even at restaurants, like if you're sitting there, like get to know your waitress, you know what I mean? Like if you're at a bar, like having lunch by yourself, like, I don't know. I if used to do that. If you're sharing a table. If you're sharing you know, a table, yeah. Sit down with someone, talk to the other exactly. people that are there. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And yeah, there's so many times that like when I was living in San Francisco, especially that I, if I didn't have anything to do, I would go to a bar or to a restaurant and sit at the bar at the restaurant and eat so that I could get to know all the people around me. And I made so many good friends that way. You don't even have to, it's not like you have to drink alcohol. It's just being social and having food and a menu in front of you is a really easy way to like spark up conversation. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think, I think uh, just I think of like healthy habits like that is is almost like a sort of meditation. Totally. You know that that's kind of the difference between people that don't take their health very seriously versus the people that take their health for yeah. granted. Mm -hmm. You know that it's all about. It's, it's all about just being more mindful. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of the biggest thing you've taught me is being more mindful with my cooking, with what I do with my time, and that this that our time itself is valuable. You know, mm -hmm. that time, they say, like, time is money. Well, it's, like, true. Time, <laughs> yeah. And, like, the older I get, the more I'm with you, I find that it, it definitely, it, it's, it strikes true that uh, that it's being more connected and being more just disciplined that you have so many outside people and society kind of telling you one way where if you just do your research listen to your intuition find yeah. your tribe yeah that you can actually become like a, a a different you you know i think of like that show we were watching the other day it was like living with yourself with paul rudd and how there's like <laughs> his one side that is like he wakes up late he he's groggy he he goes to work trudging to work and then yeah. there's like he gets cloned and then his like other half is like wakes up early takes a dog to the beach so excited so calls excited his wife to be beautiful away. But like, it's like yeah. we kind of have our two different personalities inside of us yeah and we can choose to either be negative and cynical or we can be like super positive and grateful. Right. And uh, and it's not like a shift that happens overnight. I think it's a shift that starts with like small, tiny little tweaks within how we interact with people, who we decide to spend our time around, boundaries we set with people, boundaries we set with ourselves just noticing like negative thought patterns and trying like I have so many negative thought patterns too, but it's it's an evolution and eventually you'll wake up a year from now like if you decide to commit and everything will look totally different it's not something you're necessarily going to notice from one day to another but it's something that long term you're really going to notice the difference you know yeah what uh if you could go back in time and talk to your your 10 year 10 year younger self 
and give them any input or any ideas, what would you what would you tell your tell yourself ten years earlier? Oh God. My 18-year-old self. She was a wild one. Um, I was also, when I was 18, I was in a very dark, dark, dark place. I had some, like, super traumatizing things happen to me. I had gotten a DUI after all of that. I barely graduated high school. I was, like, doing tons of drugs. I was... I was a disaster. <laughs> like, I feel bad for my parents. Fun facts about me. But um, I think it's just, I would, just to instill in myself that everything's going to be okay. You know? It's true. When you're that young, it's... To instill that, like, you will figure it out. And, like, honestly, I moved to San Francisco when I was 18. I moved into a hostel. I literally didn't know one single person in San Francisco I didn't have any money. I took out over $100,000 in loans for school and to live. And I literally moved like that was it. My parents just dropped me off and they were like, okay, bye, you know. And I'm just in San Francisco on California and Powell Street. I'll never forget. And I'm just like, holy shit. All I wanted, all I talked about was I hate home. I want to leave, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and I was miserable. I was going through so much. My parents were going through so much in their relationship at the time and like high school was very hard for me. Like I was bullied in high school really badly and I just like had a really hard time navigating and I was begging, 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 begging for this new life and I, I was finally there and I was scared shitless. Like I was like, whoa, this is something I've been begging for for years now and I had been through the ringer the, that last year of high school, my senior year. And yeah, like if I could just look at myself, just all I would say is just keep going. Like don't be afraid, you know, like – you and that, will and that grow. there's more life ahead of you. There is so much more ahead of you. And to just like, and to also like just have faith in your intuition, you know, because my intuition is what brought me to San Francisco. My intuition is what brought me to culinary school. Like I would go to culinary school and people would like. And open your own small business. Open my own small business, like all this stuff. And all I did all of this in my 18th year of life. And like. Yeah, there would be people at culinary school. I talked about this a little bit with the episode with Paulina, but like they would just be like are you lost? Like when I was like in culinary school, I was like in my chef whites and I would be like, excuse me. It would be like male teachers and they would be like, honey, pastries on the third floor, like automatically labeling me and telling me that like, I can't do it because a, I'm a woman. I have, I had super short blonde hair at the time. I had like these huge boobs too. And I like, I don't know. Like, I don't think people took me seriously in the sense of like, I'm an, I'm going to be an actual professional chef. Like I'm not going to bake cupcakes my whole life, which there's nothing wrong with that either, you know? But like, I was really trying to take myself seriously. And at the time, you do love cupcakes, donuts (laughs) really. Um, but at the time, like I was the only one that like really just had to persevere. And a lot of times I didn't think that I could do it. So yeah, Yeah. That was so, a long answer for that. No worries. So what skills do you do you think you possess that you've that you inherently have that have helped you become a small business owner? I am so talkative. <laughs> like I could thing. literally talk to anyone about anything. And I get that from my dad. Your dad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> my dad like super New York, super just like... Take some 10 minutes to walk a block down the street because he's talking to everyone. I know. Or like in the grocery. <laughs> and I'm like that now because my dad always made it a point to like 
then I always noticed this when I was growing up to like say hi to people, like walking down the street, make eye contact, say hi, even if they don't say hi back. Like sometimes my dad's like, he'll call me, he'll be like, you know, I said hi to 10 people this morning and nobody said hi back to me, you know? And like, I really appreciate that. And I've gotten that from him. And like, I am definitely like, I have one sibling He's super introverted and I am the most extroverted person of all time. Like I feel like more even than my dad, I can just like walk into a room, feel super comfortable and talk to anyone for the most part. I'm just always been that way. I've always been like kind of a loud mouth, you know, very like I just I have a lot to say and um, that helps me the most because even when I'm very nervous, like if I'm walking into a new situation, if I'm feeling like scared, if I'm um, like teaching in front of people I've never taught, if I'm doing something out of my comfort zone, I just go into that like inherent part of myself where I know that I can talk my way out of anything <laughs> or into anything, you know? It's almost like uh, that, that when you go into the bathroom for your interview or something, you hype yeah. yourself up like, I got this. Yeah, I got exactly. This. I got this. Yeah. And I think matched with that is like furthering educating myself because you can talk a big game, but if you don't know what you're talking about, it's all pretty worthless. At the end of the day, people will like uncover that. And so like continuing education, knowing what I'm talking about, constantly learning, constantly growing and like constantly being humble about your own growth. Plus being super extroverted has really, really helped me get to where I am and has really helped me just break past like my own limiting beliefs of myself. Yeah. That was a good question. I know. I got, I got a ton more coming your way. I know this. I'm stupid. (laughs) This notebook has hella questions on it. So you, yeah, you've been talking about what pushes you and what unique skills have gotten you to where you are now. So what's in store for you for the end of this year? It's December 4th and so until the 31st yeah um okay so we have a cooking class coming up which i'm super excited super about excited it's gonna be so fun we still have some spots available that? it's december 17th at 5 30 p.m um it's a few hours long it's gonna be really good so that's awesome we have so much family coming into town friends family like holy cow it's gonna be good but we did it two years ago and it was awesome yeah so i'm it's excited true. Yeah, I just, I think what's in store for me is just putting like all the final touches on this online program. Um, We got a bunch of people signed up for Black Friday, which is so cool. Your online program. That's what, one thing I was thinking about the other day, we've been working on this program. We've been, Mm -hmm. every every day it seems like we're always adding to it. Yes. But where did this idea come from? Like where did, remedy? Where did you just... Did you just go to yoga and you thought of it one day? And like, where where did this idea for the remedy come from? Well, so my mom is like a small business coach, like I've said. And my whole life, she's always done like, not my whole life, but the last, I don't know, since I was like 12, she's always had online programs. She's always used like an online platform. And I think she's done it in a way to more like organize herself in like how she coaches people and how she walks people through like her methods and things like that and so that's kind of like I've always had the idea of doing it because I'm a super unorganized person like inherently I think that's why I'm able to be so creative because I'm just (laughs) yeah he comes up after me. Sorry. I had a little <laughs> um, But so it just seemed like a really good way to organize how I work with clients. 
Um, but it never really like made sense because I never had like the mental capacity to create an online program when I was in chronic pain. So it was always just like this little pipe dream that was, has been there for, I don't know, maybe like four or five years now. Um, but because I was suffering so much like physically, when you're in chronic pain, like if you're suffering, how can you help other people? Right. You know, like if I haven't even figured out how to get myself out of this, like how am I going to create a program to tell other people how to? Yeah. Um, but that was like my dream because I was like, this is bullshit. Like nobody should feel like this. You know, like I would literally, I would literally wake up some days and be like, I'd rather die than feel like this, you know? And when I was deep in it, I couldn't think I couldn't function. I was able to cook for clients because it's a really easy way to get me like out of my head and I can be creative and I can, you know, I can eat while, you know, it's like a whole different process. But me sitting down in front of a computer while in chronic pain, like that's never going to happen. You know, on top of the fact that I very ADD, very all over the place, (laughs) like I'm very sporadic. So like, (laughs) but I finally like feel great and I finally really committed to something in my business that was really, man, committing to switching my whole business to being plant-based was very hard. Super hard. I originally lost. You've been going uphill ever since. God, I know. I feel like. You tell people you're plant-based and they're like, wait, huh? I know. Does that mean. They're like, so no. Eggs and cheese is still okay, right? They're like, I'm trying to have a healthy retreat and most people love eggs and bacon. That works. And I'm like, no. And that's the, and I think that's was the catalyst is that I transitioned my business to being totally plant-based. And I started saying no to thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of opportunities or quote unquote opportunities because I no longer was going to accept any more gigs that were not aligned with my personal views. Because having a business that is personally, is doesn't match with your personal ethics was just killing me inside, yeah. just killing me. And I was like, I can't continue to do this because this isn't my mission anymore. This isn't like, I don't believe in eating meat for so many reasons. And that's not my client's fault, you know? That's my own personal evolution. But it was something that I really wanted to be able to get out into the world in a way that didn't cost thousands of dollars. So my original business model was I would work with clients in their home and I would, you know, I still do this, but I prep meals for them. I work with them one-on-one. I go through their cabinets, all these things, but that's not accessible to most people. Most people can't afford to pay me thousands of dollars to do this. Most people desperately want to help themselves. And this is kind of the problem that's happening in our medical system right now is that it's so inaccessible and unaffordable to be healthy if you don't have the education and the support to do so. So that's where the remedy came so from. So that's where it came from, was wanting to get it into the hands of more people who desperately need it and being able to work with me, look me in the face through video learning, video content, and for me to pour a lot of what I work with in clients on to an online space that you could have forever, whereas, or at least as long as this, you no, know. And no matter where you are in the world. No matter where you are. And I think it's I something think that's, that's the like, thing. yeah, super universal. No matter what your schedule is, if you work the night shift, if you have 12 kids, like whatever it is, like this is something that's accessible to you. And these are concepts that are very easy to learn. And it's not necessarily like. Easy to learn, hard to put into. Exactly. Okay. And that's why that's what this is it's like making a lifestyle it's not necessarily about this isn't a recipe 
program. This is how to implement. This is going to dig up a lot of. A lot of stuff. And it's, it's how to implement recipes on a day-to-day basis because it's very easy to find a plant-based healthy recipe online. Like there's millions of them. And I wanted to create a space to easily implement them breakfast, lunch, dinner, morning, day, night, um, in a way that works for you. That's super delicious. And in a way that's organized and like really like helpful, you know, and more of a lifestyle rather than just like a right quick fix. Uh, exactly. Here's a quick recipe. You exactly. Know, like how can I, mm-hmm change anything yeah. any recipe into exactly and to like get rid of like the food the myself. food guilt i think a lot of food guilt comes with on education um like how do i want to say this like if i ate cheese right like actual dairy i would feel guilty because all i see now when i see dairy is suffering right so that's different but instead of I'm thinking about food guilt on the like shaming yourself for eating a cookie, right? Like shaming yourself for eating bread or like carbs or whatever. And that's like a lot of what I talk about in the remedy is educating yourself so that you truly can live a life full of abundance. So you truly can eat diverse. You can truly eat when you're hungry. You can truly like literally get rid of the idea of having a cheat day because cheat days are fucking bullshit. Like if you want to eat a cookie, learn how to make it plant-based and eat a cookie whenever you want a cookie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like this isn't this is our life and like we're supposed to enjoy it. We're supposed to find pleasure in food and we can find pleasure in food in a way that's like ethically correct that cares for our environment and that makes us feel like the best version of ourselves possible. And, and, and more about abundance and less and about, more about scarcity. Exactly. You know, it's not like this fear base of like you can only have a cookie once a week. Right. You know, yeah. but it's more like live in abundance. Yeah. Eat what you want. Opening your mind to what's Opening out there. Opening your mind. Yeah. And really being able to have education around what you're eating because that's something like like how we eat is we learn from our grandparents, our parents, and they learned from school systems, from restaurants, from the government, from, right? And so it's like we have all of these things that we quote unquote know, but it's also like we also need to challenge that. Like yeah. this is almost 2020. Like we need to challenge and really look at the science, really look at what is actually going on in these industries and still be able to navigate that and find pleasure in eating a diverse plant-based diet because it's possible. Like I have never felt so good in my life and I have never ate better in my entire life. And I went to a French culinary school. Oh my God. Yeah. I went to a French culinary school. We're eating like duck confit, or cheese, like literally like foie gras, all this stuff that's like quote unquote like delicacies. But at the end of the day, I felt like shit. I gained 30 pounds. I had super bad acne. You know, I had all of these, like, I had anxiety. I had all these other issues. And now we eat so good, so much flavor. Everything we eat is so delicious. And it's plant-based food. And I feel great. My skin is like... Well, I I like kind of going back what you said. It's just the delicacies. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess my question is, how has the delicacies changed by generation to generation? And by just person to person that like i feel like people most of the time would think uh yeah exactly like duck confit and all mm-hmm. these things are more of a delicacy but it doesn't align with health always and i find that 90 percent of the time we're finding the 
being more plant-based, it's more of we find our own delicacies that are healthy and that line with. Oh my God, we, we made want. this gorgonzola cheese the other day that it was literally made out of tofu and spirulina and like a few other things. Um, but it was so good. Like it was like shocking. We were looking at ourselves like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And it's being able to like really enjoy simple things really being able to enjoy food and like it's you know in its whole form and like and trying and experimenting i feel like experimenting that's kind of like the biggest thing that i find that i love being plant-based is experimenting because i feel like 90 like the whole our whole society is kind of against us saying like oh you can't do that Mm -hmm. you can't make this without this without yeah meat dairy or you know mac and cheese without cheese and i I just kind of sit there i'm like you know what why not? Maybe yeah. I can try this and maybe I can switch it up and see how it is. And maybe it won't, maybe it'll taste like shit, but yeah. maybe it'll be the best, best thing, thing I ever, ever made. <laughs> yeah. And you don't mm-hmm. know. And I feel like our journey being together and cooking every day, all day and experimenting all day and every day is, it, it, it it's exciting. It's like, yeah. it's like, what's next? It's like every day. I know people like even when I first got in this relationship with you, it's like we cook so much food and I would think that you would get sick of it eventually. But like we're just I don't I feel like I feel more passionate now than I did almost three years ago. That just it makes me I wake up every day. and It's like, you know, what can we make today? What can we make today that we've never made? That's like our our favorite question. I go, what can we make for dinner tonight that we've never made before? Yeah something you know and it, it's it's always like okay well maybe go to the store and check out the ingredients or maybe just like pile just, through the fridge and like make something super like i made a super weird thing the other night that neither of us really liked that much but like the effort is it's all about effort it's all about trying it's yeah. all about trying new things and to go back to your question like the remedy came from the fact that like 90% of people are afraid to cook because they're afraid to fail and they're afraid to learn because learning something new as an adult is really hard. I'm trying to learn how to surf right now and like this shit is no joke and like every time I go surf I'm like terrified, you know? But it's like when you catch that wave, I can't believe I'm doing yeah. a surf analogy right now, Jesus. But it's like when you catch that wave, you're standing up on it and you're like, oh, my God, I did something new and I'm a grown ass adult. And I think that's what the remedy is about is like getting out of your comfort zone, unpacking all your bullshit. Like there is this entire section in the remedy about reorganizing your how you work your kitchen and the type of things that you cook with, how you organize your spice, like everything. It's like you you unpack before you can reeducate. Right. Yeah. And and changing the misconceptions exactly. there are about like that's what I was going to ask yeah. next, next is what do you think are the misconceptions of cooking vegan and then even like second question baking vegan you okay. know I feel like a baking is like a whole like you can cook vegan but when you say baking right. vegan it's like that's even another thing so yeah. what do you think are the misconceptions that most people yeah so I think fall the- to that make them fail or give up or like roadblocks the first misconception i would say is that all we eat is salad um this couldn't be for i don't remember the last time i had a salad to be honest it couldn't be further from the truth we've talked about that before on here though um also that it's like a super extreme way to eat i think that like people think that it's very limiting um that you're missing out on a lot of stuff 
Um, but it's really not, especially now. Like, we just read that um, this super famous Chicago pizza place is now offering vegan cheese, you know, on their pizza. Like, the more and more demand that we have for these things, the more and more eating out at restaurants, at least, is going to be, like, much easier if you're trying to eat plant-based. And when it comes to cooking plant-based, like, the misconception that it's hard and... I would say it's very hard to learn something new. Like I said, like as an adult, it's very hard to learn something new. I would say that, wait, what was I just talking about? I got so distracted. <laughs> learning, <laughs> learning something new is very hard. Oh yeah. Okay. So, and that's not a misconception. Like it is hard to unlearn and then relearn things that you have been taught your whole life. Like that eggs are good for you. That like just all sorts of stuff that like was very hard for me even like I was terrified to do this and but the misconception is is that it stays hard and that it stays challenging and when you can learn how to properly plan how to properly um, have faith in yourself how to nail a really insane morning routine that makes you feel like a million bucks how to uncode all of your habits like and how to actually like choose your habits, how to choose your rituals rather than have them choose you based off of your circumstance. I think that that is how you can nail plant-based cooking and eating because you're allowing yourself and giving yourself space to grow in a way that you probably never thought was ever possible. And when it comes to baking, I would just say like, you're gonna fuck up a couple recipes. <laughs> like, like going into it like, I have messed up. There are so many bad recipes online. Like, oh my God. Like pancakes. I have made how many horrible vegan pancake recipes for you? So what do you think of the misconceptions on pancakes are? <laughs> no. No, pancakes it's just like. Are, you say that like, oh, pancakes aren't that hard. But I don't know. At the end of the day, I've tried I to make mean, a I lot have, of pancakes I have a couple even really before I was vegan. And it was hard. So I like, I have a garbanzo eggs. bean flour pancake recipe that like without fail works every time but like when you try to like experiment and like go do some weird stuff that I'm always trying to do like yeah I have mega failed making things I and like yeah but I will say that like nothing feels better than when you like nail a recipe that you're like oh my god this works like yeah. the tahini pecan cookie sure. bars that recipe is so weird and like I just kind of was like let's see what happens with this and it is amazing like <laughs> like sure. you read the ingredients and you're like what like how is this even gonna work you know and you make it and it's so good yeah. and and I think it's just like letting yourself fail so that you can learn from your mistake and like tweak it and change it or never use that recipe again or whatever until you nail it until you nail yeah. it and like getting really good resources online of people's recipes that you trust and like not always like resorting to google or pinterest because there are so many bad recipes online like horrible recipes that like people are getting paid tens of thousands of dollars a month for these, these food blogs that like are shit you know <laughs> like they're not chefs like they don't understand and I'm not trying to just like talk shit about them or anything. I'm just being honest. Like if you fail at a recipe, it's just because the recipe wasn't good. It's not because you suck. And like that's something to remember that yeah. just try again. And it does suck that you wasted the resources. But learning anything, you're going to waste resources. Yeah. Like, and, sp and then leading into my next thing, since we're nailing it on the cooking yeah. and the things that I make, what's your favorite thing that I make for you? 
Um, Whether it's dinner or breakfast or... Okay, let me think. You make the best smoothies. I will say that. They call me Smoothie Steve. I make the weirdest smoothies because I'm out of practice and he and I'm just like a, I, like I said, I'm super unorganized. So like I'm a crazy person in the morning. So he makes he even makes matcha better than me now. It sucks. I'm like, how did we get to this point? <laughs> um. Oh, I know what you make. Steve is the king of plant based cheese <laughs> and sauces. Like he. Whenever we work for clients together, we have parties. He's in on in charge for cheese and sauces because he just nails it. And it's like the sauce makes or breaks the dish the every time. The sauce is the balls. The sauce is the balls. <laughs> <laughs> the sauce makes or breaks the dish every single time. And yeah, that's what you do the best. You're so good at it. And he makes really good cocktails too. <laughs> you know. So then just kind of fun question I was thinking then. It's like. If you had to pick what kind of food you could be, if you could be a food, what would you be? I always used to say I would be creme brulee. Ooh. Yeah. So you're, it's like, oh, we should make a vegan creme brulee. It's probably totally possible. Make custard without egg, though. We could figure it out. Um, another another thing on the experiment. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's getting long. But I would always say creme brulee because creme brulee is like a little, it's very like, how do I say this without sounding like I'm full of myself? It's very like pleasant, right? Like it's nice to look at, but it's got like kind of a hard exterior that you have to like break through. And it's like crowd pleasing. Like most people like creme brulee, but you have to break through this hard exterior. And then once you get to the inside, it's like so good. Oh, metaphorical. I love it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So I guess like moving forward, what's in store for Chef Bay in 2020? It's um, a loaded question. I haven't done like tons of sitting down and meditating on this because I think we've just been such intense. Business wise. Yeah. Such intense. Like, um, well, when you say Chef Bay, I assume you mean like, you know, <laughs> this is a business. Although a lot of friends of mine call me Chef Bay now. It's so ridiculous. Including her parents. <laughs> and my brother, but it's fine. <laughs> um, so business-wise, um, lots more cooking classes. I really have been looking into maybe like trying to do a TEDx talk. Which That'd be cool. Which scares the shit out of me. Um, public speaking terrifies me, but I think I would be really good at it. So... Um, that's something I want to do. I really want to get more back into I used to put on lots of retreats. I used to cook in the retreat space. There was a couple years that I was doing like six or seven retreats a year. Um, and I really want to get back into the retreat space. Um, just So just doing like day retreats here in San Diego um, and also traveling to do retreats. I think that would be like so amazing. And just getting more involved in the plant-based community, doing reaching out. You know, we fed the homeless on Thanksgiving, being able to reach out to school systems like i want to reach fire, out fire yeah we were thinking about stations, fire stations they have stations. like the highest risk of heart attack and cardiovascular disease um and working with people that have high stress jobs and really teaching them how to um, support themselves through the food that they're eating so definitely like a lot of community outreach public speaking and just working more with clients one-on-one -on -one, doing like lots of you know food coaching and things like that and really being able to you know, 
work with people on a personal level because I've seen it change lives in this way that nothing else really does than when you have someone right in front of you looking you in the face and being like I'm gonna be your accountability and like I'm gonna do this with you like you're not alone so yeah then what do you have in store for 2020 personally personally well I really want to nail surprise trip to Fiji would be real nice yeah well my birthday's coming up Steve so I told you I'm trying to go somewhere tropical so no you're the breadwinner no I'm not (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, maybe one day. Um, Okay, personally, I really want to nail a skincare routine down. I feel like my skincare routine has been all over the place. I'm like starting to like randomly struggle with stress-related acne again, which sucks. And so, um, yeah, that's something I've been thinking about is like... Just (sighs) relax. Easier said than done, buddy. Um... But yeah, so skincare is like going to be top of my list this year. Also, like with relaxing, like really nailing down a meditation routine. Um, I am good at going to yoga. I'm good at meditating a few times a week, but like I'd really like to do it every single day. And that's something that I've never really been able to master. So meditation, like tenfold. Um and then other than that, like instead of focusing on like losing weight or looking a certain way, I just want to be like super strong in my body. I want to build strength. I want to be able, oh yeah. So my parents are gifting me this um, bicycle, my mom's like old racing bike. Like a road bike? Yeah, a road bike. And so we've been talking about training for like a ride, like a 50 mile ride or something. Yeah, I'm so, down. so that would be really fun. Or just ride up to LA, 110 miles. Oh yeah, no big deal, you psychopath. Or take the train up there and just ride down. It's all downhill. Yeah, but it's also on the highway and stuff. I'm not riding. I like can barely ride on the boardwalk. Okay, let's like take it slow. Baby stuff. Yeah, but so I'm really interested in that. I've been doing a lot of cycling classes lately and it's so out of my comfort zone that like I think it's something that would be really fun. Sure, it is very. Also uh, terrifying. Very different. (laughs) See, yeah, you're you're like super pro at bicycling. Um, Yeah, but not me. So, so yeah, I definitely want to do that like physical and then um, we're going to travel a lot next year. We're going to go to Europe. We're going to do a few things. It's going to be really nice. I'm so excited. Maybe get married next year. We haven't quite decided yet. Might happen sporadically. We might elope. Who knows? Um, We're going to keep it to ourselves because... Besides blasting here on... Besides blasting here on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, that's a plan personally next year. I just want to stay consistent, stay... Consistent. And I want to have more fun. Like this year was an intense year of like going inward and really uncovering like parts of myself, really putting myself out there in new ways, really being okay with just like changing my business so much like I was so broke at one point this year like I just I and I stressed a lot and I was very in my head a lot and I want to go back to that like very free version of myself that very baby like just just free things for the first time yeah just free yeah I just I notice I call in more things more abundance into my life the client the perfect clients come into my life when I'm just relaxed and I'm just letting it flow and so that's my goal this year is to just relax and let it flow man I like it don't mm-hmm. force it just let it flow just let it flow it's the yeah. way it should be yeah the way life should be I know 
I know. You know, one little thing I was thinking about too, you know, we're always talking about how you're a personal chef and you've, you've been doing this your whole life. Well, mm-hmm. did you ever have like a plan B? Like if you would have never became a chef, Honestly, if you had never no. gone into the profession, like would you be a, I don't know. I think I would be, no, I think I would always be in like hospitality of some way or like in the healer space. So I'm also really good at doing hair and things like that (laughs) randomly. So like, I would always say like, shit, if this doesn't work out, I'll be a hairstylist, but I don't feel that anymore. (laughs) Um, but no, like I would be an amazing event planner, like amazing event planner. So, you you know, Bailey has gotten me on the board of, Going extra when it comes to parties, yeah, festivals, yeah. celebrations, mm-hmm. pretty much anything. It's like extra. we're going for it, yeah. And like we just had a birthday party for Coco, and we baked her a cake. Like we did a month like ago. the most for her birthday, and uh, just yeah. it, growing up for me, we just kind of shoved uh, celebrations under the rug. Where mm-hmm. you are like blasting off fireworks for I know our first birthday his first birthday I'm like what are we gonna do I'm so excited he's like I don't want to do anything and so of course I like take him to Mexico we do like all these things it was so much fun and then I it was totally... literally probably the best birthday I ever had yeah you're welcome I was unexpected very yeah. unexpected I think I was... I was unexpected in general for you babe it's true it was uh Just came up out of nowhere but yeah so event planning i would be a killer event planner and then on the other side of it i would love to be like some sort of shamanic healer Ooh. of some kind like still work in the healing space but maybe not through food maybe on like a more personal level something like that yoga teacher or something no, I thought about doing like a yoga teacher training a couple times, but the yoga industry is so fucked up. <laughs> like yoga teachers don't make any money. They're very undervalued. It's very hard to make a living being a yoga teacher. And I know people who are doing it, but it's like they all have a side hustle yeah. or they, you know what I mean? Or they have to own the studio. And even in that way, I don't know, it's just a very undervalued thing, but something in that sense of like spirituality and shamanic work or something like that. I like that. <laughs> I know. I feel like a lot of just spiritualism is kind of undervalued in general. Yeah, totally. You know. Yeah. It, just... it should be like part of basic healthcare, honestly. But and I, I think for me, that's what I honestly do through food. Like, I use my own spirituality and my own way of healing others, and I do it through cooking, through food, because yep. I think it's a very easy way to relate to people. It's a very easy way to make conversation. It's a very easy way to do. I don't know it's an easy way to connect and so i think that's why the food thing sticks so much as i go into this more healing space is because everybody eats <laughs> and everyone needs help to eat i feel yeah. like you know i feel mm-hmm. like we're all on our own little journeys and uh we need to sometimes need a little help to guide us and exactly, i feel like yeah. you are the our our guide you're my guide mm. if you were in my life i don't I don't know what I would be doing right now, and I don't want to ever think about it. Mm, you being traveling Nicaragua barefoot with a beard down to your nipples. <laughs> <laughs> but you are. You're like a guide, and I, I can't say enough how much I appreciate just the way you push people and push me and push yourself that it's uh, it's it's admirable, and I... Uh, I just appreciate it a lot. So I love you. 
So yeah, so I'm just going to be kind of wrapping this podcast up. The rain has subsided. Coco is in a little ball napping right now. We might go outside and frolic in the in the dryness for a little bit but uh she's not gonna go out there (laughs) i might go out there and frolic frolic by yourself it's i miss the rain you know like even this morning i woke up and i walked over and i i was standing i was looking outside the window and it was just like it was just so nice to look out the window at weather. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I, know. I feel like if I was sitting indoors and I was looking out at the sun, I was like, oh, wait, I would just open the doors and it'd be beautiful. But I don't remember the last time. It brought me back to like in Chicago when I would like wake up and I'd look outside and there'd just be like blizzard outside. And you just kind of sometimes stand there and look out the window for like maybe a minute or two, which I feel like out here... I never actually get that well, chance. Well, because though. you have an intense guilt living in San Diego because, A, you pay hella money to live here, and, B, like, if you're sitting inside, like, it's why I can't get any work done in the summer because it's so nice out that I just feel awful about being inside working when I could be, like, outside enjoying the sun, doing something active, going to the beach. You know, we could have worse problems. hundred million other things I could be doing besides sitting on my computer inside. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so it's nice when it rains because it gives me availability to, like, work (laughs) it's my inner workaholic bunker down a little bit yeah i know so well i really appreciate you coming on to the plant remedy podcast it's been great i'm just gonna (laughs) i'm gonna leave you with one last question okay room desk car which do you clean first (laughs) can i answer none of the above (laughs) Well, you always clean our room for us. I only clean off my desk when you yell at me too. And you always clean the car. So, so none of the above. None of the above. Um, room, desk, car. <laughs> why, why would you say that? God, way to call me out. I would probably clean the kitchen first. <laughs> No, this isn't a, this isn't like an A, B, C, or D other. None of the above. No. Um, is... Room, desk, car, probably my desk. Ooh, okay. Because I hate putting clothes away, and my car is so tiny that there's, you know, not much to clean anyway in there. <laughs> a couple water bottles or something. Yeah. Maybe some dirt from cocoa, but that's it. Um, so, yeah, definitely the desk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the desk is your space. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's where and it's, it's the where kitchen. the magic happens. You know? Yeah. It's where the remedy is come to fruition, and it's where where all of our great ideas for what we're gonna cook mm-hmm. come from. And I know, and there's this beautiful rubber plant that's getting huge. I know. So that's yeah. why I always say, if if you ever feel uninspired, create a uh, like a special space in your house that you can dedicate to just being yours that you could sit there you could meditate you can work you can relax you are you can... hinting at something no i was okay. just saying i was just telling like people like in general that oh, yeah. you know kind of going back to that first question like what if you don't have people that support you like how do you find your own yeah. support it's like you be your own support. You be yeah. your own advocate mm-hmm. for your own health. That, but to do that, you need to have your own special space. Yeah, and I agree. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. So I thank you for coming on here. Thanks for leading this episode. This was a fun little thing that we just did. It's a fun little surprise. It was super fun. We have some really awesome guests coming up. We do. Mm -hmm. And we also have, like, again, we have our cooking class, our holiday healthy cooking class coming on December 17th. 5.30 at night. A couple spots open. So if you guys are still wanting to come in here, hang out, cook some food, listen to some music. Hang out. We'll both be here. Um, It'll be fun. It's going to be really, it's going to be a really good time. And then other than that, the remedy is still $50 off through the end of December. So if you missed the Black Friday sale and you want to hop on that program, um, I would really, really recommend it. It's $2.99 for the online only um, and it's just a one-time payment, and you get the remedy for life. Yeah, so no matter where you are in the world. No matter where you are in the world. So that's available to you as well. And, yeah, that's and it. We'll see you next week. If, if you like this episode, please leave us a review. It helps please, us please so leave us a review. much. We appreciate um, it. Yeah. Leave a review. Like it. Share with your friends. Add another name, like uh, Steve Knievel. Add another <laughs> comment. No, but like, yeah, just... Or just Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> leave another comment. It's just Whatever. sharing this information and commenting, like, really, really helps get this out there. Um, really helps with, like, the algorithm of where this podcast stands in podcast land. And it is just so helpful for us. And it shows us that you're listening. And we really just love to know that you're listening and that you're here with us because it means so much. So And it helps reach more people and it helps spread the word of being, taking your health and putting it as a as a priority priority rather than as a forethought exactly so so thank you thank you i love you i love you so much this has been great so thank you guys for tuning in and listening today this was a great little chat about experimenting and changing your life changing your life one meal at a time so so we will see you next week love you love you Take care. Bye. Namaste.